0: It is a Thursday, the 22nd of December, 2022. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning to you, uh, wherever you happen to be. Thanks for joining me again. It's Richie Allen, your BBG, live with you till seven o'clock. The final Richie Allen show of 2022. Yes, it is three days to Christmas. I'll be taking your telephone calls today. I'm very much looking forward to that. Skype and phone calls. I'll give you the details in a moment. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. I really am. So let's do it then without any further ado.
1: Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show.
2: It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world.
0: And now, here's your host... Richie Allen. Yes, I had a nice morning this morning. I did my Christmas shopping this morning. It's how I do it every year. I wander into town by myself with one or two ideas in my mind. And I look around and I do a few things and I meet a few people. Twas all great. So it was. Grim though, wet and grim in Manchester this morning, but it was nice to be out and about. Yes indeedy. Right, let me just get rid of that and give you the contact details. They are has post... What did I just tell you? What did I just tell you? What did I just tell you? It just won't. Listen to me, this machine. Stop. I could, of course, just drop the fader. But uh, it's voice control. No, it isn't. I'm only joking. Um. Yeah, where was I? What was I going to say? Yes, Rog did put a meme on the Facebook page with the contact details on there. I'm sure you know them by now. But uh, here they are, in case you don't. I'll be taking your phone calls and skypes in about 15 minutes time
1: it's your call skype chat with richie or call 0161 818 2018 if you're calling from overseas it's plus 44 161 818 2018 talk to richie now
0: yes and if it's something that you've never done do consider it and let's have some ladies today We would a great run with ladies phoning in, and then, last couple of phone-ins, we didn't have so many ladies. I like to be diverse, you know. Let's not say that. Let's not use that term. Lots of you asking me about Paul Ripley. That's lovely. I really appreciate it, and so does Paul. Paul is the engineer for the programme. He's the man behind the the very successful Fab Radio uh, in Manchester and the Fab Café. He's a... an amazing man uh, his wife Maxine passed away a very very few weeks ago a month ago less than a month ago and uh, he's doing okay I suppose he's doing as well as anybody who's, who's who's gone through something as horrific as that is doing he's getting there day by day I went to see him today at the fab radio studios and he was in good form yesterday was a bit of a difficult day because Maxine's birthday would have been yesterday but he's doing well and his family are amazing. His sons and daughters and his friends are looking out for him this Christmas. Anybody, I suppose, coming to their first Christmas following a bereavement like that, a wife or a husband or, or, or a loved one, it, it it must be dreadful and fearful. But he's, he's getting there. And I know he appreciates that you ask after him. So thanks for doing it. Uh, he he really does appreciate it so let me, I'll take the calls in a few minutes time, by the way don't panic, the last Richie Allen show of the year, I know you're not panicking you can't wait to see the back of me for, for, for a week, it's only going to be a week eight, nine days, anyhow it isn't the last you'd hear of me because if you like you can join me on Christmas morning, live by the way no pre-recording, I'll be here with you in this year, Christmas morning at 10 o'clock for Christmas morning, Melodies for the third one, the third annual one, and uh, I have to say I'm, I i can not keep the smile off my face. I'm really looking forward to that, because the last two I did, they left me in great form for, for for well for a long time afterwards. So yeah, Sunday at ten, Christmas morning melodies at ten, usual channels. Now some things that has been bothering me for a couple of years, and I've spoken out on this. Spoken out sounds very dramatic. In fact, it sounds confrontational, but it isn't. It's not confrontational. I've spoken out on it, but not lately. So let me do it today. This is kind of a word to the wise, I suppose you could call it. You know how the establishment has always provided us with opposition to it? How has the establishment given the people opposition to the establishment? Well, democracy. The political system, right? You and I know this is small beer now. This is something, entry-level stuff. Well, maybe it isn't. A lot of people who seem to be aware of the horrors that have been foisted upon us, inflicted on us in the last couple of years. There are people who understand the wrongs of all of that, understand the dangers of the jabs, understand the dangers of lockdowns and the tyranny. But for many, they're still championing various political parties or the political system itself. That's the greatest tool in 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 the arsenal of those running the Great Reset Agenda 2030 agenda, is that they've always been able to present to the people what seems to be a credible alternative. It took me... A long time to wake up to this. I began to wake up to it in the year 2002. And that's when I had my... Epiphany is a terrible word to use. It's when it dawned on me that the whatever is going on is controlling every side of it. So that's entry level for some of us. For others, they're still struggling to, to kind of come to terms with that. Doesn't care who's in office. And every few years, it will appease one side or the other by throwing them a bone and electing their party. I think, in my humble opinion, it'll happen again next year. After 12 years of the Conservative Party in office, Labour will win the election and probably in a landslide. But the agenda will just carry on as normal, without even so much as a blip. That's how it goes, right? Well, in the last couple of years, something else has happened. The establishment has managed to create its own independent slash alternative media, or the illusion of one. And I talked about this in mid-2020, late 2020, because I was stunned by some of the things I was hearing on channels like Talk TV in particular. We didn't yet have GB News, that would follow sometime later, but... um. Stations like Talk TV or Talk Radio claiming to be the home of free speech. And then GB News followed then. well, G- Talk Radio has been around a while, but GB News followed then late last year. Wasn't it that we got GB News? It doesn't matter. Anyway, each of them, the Talk TV and the GB News, with mouthy, opinionated, anti-establishment presenters, or That's The Way It Seems. Both of them doing the same thing. You know, you've got your um, your Dan Wooton's and your Piers Morgan. Why do we do that, speaking the plural? Dan Wooton and Piers Morgan, say, for GB News and Talk TV, respectively. You've got Mike Graham. You've got Julia Hartley Brewer. There are loads of them. Lots and lots and lots. James Whale, Patrick Christie's. Although he seems to be fairly mild compared to some of them. Right? Um, And they claim to be the alternative to the mainstream media. Are they getting away with it, is the question. Are they fooling people into accepting that they are the alternative to the, the, the government, not the government, but to the BBC and the legacy media. Now, Talk TV is owned by News UK, which is owned by News Corp, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch and his son James. So that's When you're watching Julia Hartley Brewer, when you're watching Mike Graham and their various guests, and I want to talk about some of their guests in a moment, very briefly. Um, They're owned by News UK, Rupert and James Murdoch, the very same James Murdoch who attended a billionaire summer camp in July with Bill Gates and others. Not a lot of people know this, but Rupert Murdoch has been doing business with uh, Billy Gates and the Gates Foundation for some years. Look it up back in 2012, something I spoke about on the radio when I was in Spain. Um, It was reported widely that the New York Board of Regents approved New York's sharing of student and teacher information, sharing it to a new national database funded by the Bill Gates Foundation and designed by Rupert Murdoch's Wireless Generation. Murdoch and Gates have been doing business for years. Sometimes quietly, sometimes less quietly. So when Mike Graham or Julia Hartley Brewers says that talk radio is the home of free speech in the UK, remember they're owned by the Murdoch family who are in bed with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and have been since, well, even since I took my first tentative steps into radio production right? So that's um, very interesting. Something like 80 billion dollars given by the Gates Foundation to Murdoch's company, Wireless Generation. This amazes me, this. So you'll have presenters on GB News and on Talk TV, and we'll stay with Talk TV, who will use terms like the mainstream media. Have Have you heard them do this? I find this astounding that they can get away with it that a talk TV presenter owned by Rupert Murdoch owned by uh, Bill Gates, not, they're not owned by Bill Gates but uh, a company, a parent company that has direct links to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is referring to itself as independent news and using terms like the mainstream media I can't get my head round it, I don't know how successful this is, I think it's very successful in fact and stay with talk t v for a minute. I'm back on twitter. I'm back on Twitter now. I'm not doing an awful lot with it because I don't expect I'll be on the platform for very long. It won't be long before something will be I will tweet something or share something, and the the account will disappear and when when that does happen, well, so be it that that'll be that It's happened before it's happened with with youtube and 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 with Facebook and what not so I've been off for eighteen months, but I'm back on it, and I'm 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 using it to look around to see, you know, potential guests. I might see somebody I like who's saying something that's interesting. Somebody who might be amenable to coming on, where I might challenge them, and we can have a bit of a back and forth. So it's been a bit handy like that. And I see a name that keeps popping up in my Twitter feed, and it pops up because some of the people I am connected to on Twitter are connected to this guy. So I will see them retweet this guy and I will see him, a guy called James Melville. And I see this guy's name and I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this guy on talk TV a lot. This is talk TV owned by News UK, by James Murdoch and his father Rupert. And I've seen this guy Melville on there as a commentator, often speaking... With an anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine, kind of pro-libertarian, from a pro-libertarian stance, from a, you know, freedom of movement, freedom of speech, all of that. Anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine anti mandates. And you think, no problem, right, that's okay. But it was nagging me. And I thought, I remember this guy Melville, in late 2020, or early 2021, I see this guy on Twitter when I was on Twitter before I got banned. And he was everywhere out of the blue, tweeting incessantly about tyranny, anti-lockdown and what have you. And I thought, okay, nothing wrong with that, no problem, right? But there was. And it snagged at me for days. James Melville, who came out of nowhere in late 2020, early 2021 screaming about lockdowns and and vaccine mandates, was actually a pro-lockdown zealot in 2020. This guy was all for lockdowns, hard lockdowns, and very much scathing in his criticism of the UK government for not doing more to prevent the spread of COVID-19. And he was doing this with James Melville in the Byline Times. You can look this up yourself on social media. Go to Byline Times or use your search engine to look for Byline Times and James Melville. Now before I go any further, James Melville has never done me any harm. I don't know him. I've never had a conversation with him. I don't know where he lives. I don't know what he's like. He could be a nice fella. I'm just using him as an example. I'm not picking on him. Because there are lots of people like him that emerged as some sort of alternative to the establishment. This new independent alternative media during uh, 2020, particularly late 2020 and into 2021. So nothing against this bloke whatsoever at all. It's got to be said, right? I've no reason to be going after this guy and I'm not. I'm just using this as an example because it nagged at me. So he's on talk TV all the time now as some sort of um, civil rights commentator anti the lockdowns, anti the tyranny. Nothing wrong with it. But the problem is the guy was very much pro the tyranny and pro the lockdowns. And he wrote a series of articles in the mid part of 2020, May and June for the Byline Times, which were very critical of the UK government for not doing more. In one article in May of 2020, the 21st of May 2020, he criticised Sweden for its herd immunity approach. He wrote, I'm going to read some of this. Like the UK in the early days of the pandemic, Sweden was one of the only two countries in the world who promoted the notion of herd immunity, a public health policy that has never been attempted in a pandemic in the absence of a vaccine, he wrote, right? And he went on to say, while Sweden has had significantly more COVID-19 deaths than Finland and Norway, Sweden's strategy might lessen the impact to its economy compared to its Scandinavian neighbours, because businesses in Sweden were able to remain open. But in recent days, as the death toll has fallen in other European countries, Sweden's has remained stubbornly high. And he went on to say Sweden might ultimately pay the price of trying to maintain their freedoms in the short term that reduces their freedoms in the long term. And in June of 2020, he wrote another article praising the Republic of Ireland for its uh, pro-lockdown, hard lockdown, shutting down the St. Patrick's Day parades and all of that. He wrote, compare and contrast the UK with Ireland in terms of their coronavirus responses and results. It's the tale of two neighbouring countries with diametrically opposite results. It's the difference between professional foresight versus amateurish amateurish hindsight. When combining the death rates in hospitals and out of hospital, home and care home fatalities, Ireland has 1,679 deaths, the UK has 70,000. This is in June of 2020. And then he goes on to say that Ireland did better than the UK because it identified its coronavirus cases very early, in in very early March. It shut down its St. Patrick's Day hospital. It stopped people visiting hospitals and visiting care homes. He's all for this, the prevention of people visiting people in care homes. Ireland closed schools on the 12th of March. It closed colleges and childcare facilities. And he goes on to say, this is in June of 2020. That by not doing that, basically the UK government played hard and fast or fast and loose with, with people's safety. This is kind of strange stuff now. He says, because of an early response to nip the virus in the bud, Ireland is now reaping the rewards of its due diligence. They are now reopening their society. This is in the summer of 2020. Irish citizens can now travel anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Shops will reopen from today and people can now visit people in other houses. And then he says, because of a sensible and coherent early response strategy, Ireland has saved its summer. And if you look at this guy, James Melville on Byline Times, there are lots of these articles where he praises Vietnam in one for hard lockdown, or he praises Australia for hard lockdown. And then in late 2020, early 2021, this guy starts to accrue a pretty massive social media following by being all anti-lockdown and anti-vaccine mandates. Now, you've got to leave room for the possibility that the guy might have changed his mind. But did he? It's strange. So let's leave him alone because I, I don't know the guy. I have no reason to be picking on him. And there are lots of people like him. Opportunists, I would argue, who came into the, I suppose, in, into the the space... You can't call it a space. It's certainly not a a community. But there is, or there was before COVID, a viable and a growing independent media. Before the COVID thing. There was. I could name people. You know them. They've been on this programme. People who have been for 10, 15, 20 years writing about the tyranny we're bearing witness to today and warning about it. Warning about it. You know, knowing that this was coming in 2020, 2030, warning about climate change tyranny, warning about vaccine mandates coming in for all manner of things. So there was a viable independent, a real independent and a real alternative media that discussed everything, where everything was up for grabs. But in the last 18 months, you've got Talk TV and GB News and characters like Mr Melville and others, Laura Dodsworth, another one, on Talk TV, came out of nowhere. In the case of Melville, completely flip-flopped his position on lockdowns and and coronavirus measures. And now spend their days going on Twitter and basically sloganeering. I'll give you an example. I said I wouldn't spend much more time with this guy, Melville. But this is the sort of thing this guy tweets out now, this Talk TV pundit. He tweeted today, this is a tweet now, word for word. If you think Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, Tony Blair, Justin Trudeau, Jacinda Ardern, Rishi Sunak and Joe Biden are somehow the solution, then you are part of the problem. What a load of bollocks. Who, who is he saying that to? This guy James Melville. Who is he directing that to? Who is he speaking to? That's just clickbait garbage, right? Nonsense. And ironically... He tweeted today, a new study found that exercise in almost any amount reduced people's risks of being hospitalised or dying of COVID. And yet during the pandemic, they closed swimming pools, gyms and sports clubs. More clickbait, more bollocks. But this guy was all for the lockdowns in 2020. So what's going on? It's really interesting to me. And I think because the COVID this has been a big deal this two years. Like, in terms of what the Great set, great Reset Agenda is, if we think about it from the architect's point of view, the, the COVID lockdowns were a big, big move, a big chess move. It's the biggest thing they've done in my lifetime, the biggest move towards the ultimate end goal of enslavement, right? So that, that, that was a major move, that. And they knew, the people behind it, that they're... There has been for 15, 20 years, since the birth of the, you know, the internet and podcasting and video sharing, there has been the growth of a viable, useful, genuinely independent media, where for years men and women came on programmes, made their own programmes, and warned about what is coming now. And I think this was in the minds of those who are behind the agenda, those who pushed COVID and pushed the lockdowns. And I think they decided that they had to create or reinvent the idea of what the alternative media or the independent media is. And in that time, we've seen a number of celebrities. We've got Tucker Carlson in the States on Fox News. You know, I can watch a bit of that. It's interesting at times. We've got Morgan. We've got Julia Hartley-Brew, we've got all of these people and they are being held up somehow as anti-establishment and as the antidote basically to the legacy media and to the agenda when in fact they're not. They're anything but the alternative to what's coming. They're anything but the alternative to the BBC or Channel 4 and The Guardian. It's an amazing thing to witness, really. When independent content creators with huge followings, I don't have to name them, you know who I'm talking about, were booted off of Twitter in 2020 and booted out of YouTube, these celebrities, all of a sudden, saw their followings grow exponentially, dramatically. And they started to use terms, the the, the terms that we used for years, Independent media, mainstream media, legacy media, genuine alternative—really is astonishing. And I've gotten into this, of course, once or twice in the last couple of years. And I leave it there for today. And I don't want to come across like I'm picking on on anybody in particular. But I just thought it fascinating this guy Melville, and that's kind of classic truth or industrial complex. You know, tweeting out random bullshit like that, if you think Klaus Schwab, Sunak, Blair, Trudeau are the problem or sorry, if you think there's there's a solution, there's a newer part of the problem. And that's been liked about five thousand times. That's what they live for these people, likes and retweets and clicks. But it's all misdirection. Because ultimately, as we see with Talk TV pushing Vladimir Zelensky as some sort of saviour in Ukraine, ultimately it's a massive distraction exercise. Get people to think that here's the genuine alternative media here. It's now on telly. It's now got its own channel on Sky. It's now got sexy new television studios and mouthy, very opinionated presenters who will tell you some of what you think. Not all of what you think, but some of it. They'll feed it back to you on gender politics, on, on climate change, on whatever. But ultimately, it's the establishment. And they're pushing their own political candidates. Jesus Christ, you've got Nigel Farage presenting for GB News. You've got acting politicians showing up and presenting programmes for Talk TV and even LBC. Politicians on the air presenting these programmes. And now you have a group of, I shouldn't say useful idiots because the person I mentioned, he might be a nice guy, but you have a pool of commentators who came out of nowhere in 2020, in late 2020. And that's the mini-lecture over for today. It's been on my mind a lot, this. I've watched this um with, with great interest and with astonishment, really, to see this going on, to see people like Toby Young, written for The Telegraph for years, friends with Boris Johnson. You know, these guys being painted as... The alternative, anti-establishment. It's, it's, it should be laughable, but it's kind of scary, really, because I wonder are people falling for it. You know, is, is it, um, is it working really? That people are falling for it. Anyway, I could say more on it, but it's already twenty-seven minutes past five. This is your Richie Allen show. The time is I've given you the bloody time it's uh, the 22nd of December it's Thursday's program here is a beautiful song by Alicia Keys but before that here are the contact details
1: It's your call Skype chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. 818 2018.
0: Talk to Richie now. Right. Oh, gee, I've scared myself there. Let me just turn that back a bit. Uh, right. Yeah. If you uh, didn't grab those details, they are pinned to the top of the Facebook page for the Richie Allen show. You get me? Pinned to the top of the Facebook page for the Richie Allen show. I can't wait to hear from you. Give me a call. Here's Alicia Keys, as promised.
3: You know you can't help
0: it. I think we've got Jane on the line. Is it Jane? How are you, Jane?
2: Yeah, hi, Richie. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you loud and clear. Welcome. Lovely to hear you. Go ahead, Jane.
2: Yeah, this is the first time we've spoken. I'm really on behalf of um, Paul Hobday, Dr. Paul Hobday.
0: Dr. Mm-hmm. Paul Hobday. All right, Jane. Th- 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 there's a little bit of an issue with the line. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Jane. I'm going to disconnect and reconnect to you immediately. And okay. hopefully that will clear it out. Let's see. Can we do that? Let's clear it out. And sometimes it gets better. Let's hope it does. I hope that's better, Jane. Welcome back.
2: Yes, here
0: I am. Ah, marvellous. You see, you sound better already. So tell us about Dr. Paul Hobday then. Uh,
2: well, just say Merry Christmas to you and your. Lovely lady.
0: And many happy returns, Jane. That's very kind.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Dr. Paul Hopday was a guest on your show on the 20th of January this year. He he was. uh, He's written the book, The Deceit Syndrome. Um, Lots of people bought it as a result of the show. And you did say that lots of people were coming into the chat, uh, asking questions, and that you were going to invite him back in February to do a QA. and a and then, of course, everything went wrong and all that happened in the summer and everything. We have tried to get hold of you a couple of times. but
0: um, Yeah, that does ring a bell, Jane. Um, well, that's something we can do for sure in January. Um, no, no doubt about that. Uh, just leave that with me, basically.
2: Also, uh, we are friends with Mark Windows.
0: Mark, so, yeah, the brilliant Mark Windows.
2: It's friends. And Mark has said that he would happily share Interview with Paul on our show. We
0: want the two of them together. They have great. Have- this, this this is stuff that's better sorted out over emails now rather than on uh, live on air. Jane, let's talk about let's talk about what's. I I suppose what what are we now? The twenty second of December, twenty twenty two. How is it looking for you now compared to the way it looked in December of last year and even December of twenty twenty? I'm thinking a lot about that because it's been very quiet. I think on the old COVID front and even on the on the flu front, it's very quiet. I don't know whether to be optimistic about that or to be suspicious that something might happen in early in the new year in terms of, you know, claims about coronavirus variants and stuff like that. What 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 do you think? Um, well I don't
2: watch um television. Or listen to radio. But I do get my news from other sources. Right. Actually, I'm firmly um, with Mark Windows and his predictions that this hasn't finished. Uh, but they, they, you know, he has the three, the idea that first of all, it was the COVID, it was the um, pandemic. Then, um, t- or oh, terrorism might have even come before that. And now the climate change. This is what they hang their ideas on, these three separate things.
0: Yeah After. I thought I thought that and I'm glad it hasn't happened yet but there's still time I thought a, a major terrorist attack in a big European city or even an even an English city just before Christmas I thought something might happen and yeah. it hasn't happened and let's so hope it doesn't happen They're always doing these false flags Yeah around Christmas time there's been so many of them particularly in the last 7 or 8 years well, the, before the COVID, we, we had a lot, didn't we? We had Germany, we had Paris, um, to name two. We had Belgium uh, as well. Yeah.
2: Oh, yes. I mean, it's um, it's what they do. They follow the, uh, it's the links to be rules for radicals. And um, you can almost predict when they're going to happen. Yeah. It's not necessarily to the day or the hour. Uh, but yes, lots and lots and lots of false flags over the years. We've been lied to for so long. And these people are... I mean, this is actually what we're living through now is a war between good and evil.
0: A psychological war as much as anything, Jane, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and it's broken a lot of people. Um, but actually, those of us that are still holding out, and there are a lot of us, that, that saw this for what it was from day one and have held out... Um, you know, it's been hard for most, not so much for me, because I work from home anyway, but um, you know, I mean I'm in the age group, me and my authors, we're in the age group that they want to actually kill off. We're seen as useful, uh, useless eaters, and yet we're very productive. You know, I'm 68. Um, I don't know how old Paul Hobday is, but he's definitely in his 60s, and you know, my other author, Christopher Chance, he's 82, as it happens, doesn't like to tell people that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've let the cat out of the bag now, Jane. There's no uh, going back.
2: He'll it, he'll really be angry with me about that. But, you know, we've lived life and we've seen a lot of stuff. And we can tell, all of us, when we're being lied to. It's so easy to see.
0: Well, they've been attacking I don't want to use the term the aged. I don't want to use that term. But there's been an obvious demonisation of educated senior people who have lived life and experienced life. And it's ironic because anybody who's traveled around the world, they will know that in pretty much most countries and most cultures, senior people are revered and they're trusted and they're often, you know, people who are turned to to, you know, settle disputes or Go to for advice, but in this country, and the media has played a big part in this. They've been demonising seniors for years, haven't they?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And in, in, uh, I think somebody recently said that the pagans wanted to uh, take back the term um, "an old crone." A crone. The word "crone" means a wise woman, but actually, if you think about it, it's been that's been a derogatory term for as long as I've been alive. You know.
0: Well, you've, you've educated me, Jane. I didn't know that. I, I would have imagined crone was a negative... Um,
2: as we've been led to believe. Yeah. It's like everything that's good for us has been um, denigrated. Denigrated. Um, everything. Or all the plant life and everything that's good for us. And we've been led down this allopathic route, route for medicine. Um, but yeah... <laughs> i don't it, i mean this is such a huge subject and i could talk all yeah for
0: hours and hours and hours yeah i hear you but i'll tell you what i will do jane um i'm a man of my words so we'll, we'll organize paul to come back on i do remember paul i've been yes. struggling to remember him but it's coming back to me now it's yes. just when you do everything when you do the production and the interviewing and all of that it's not that you forget people but recall in terms of what did that gentleman say um, what were we talking about? I'd have to look at the the diary and the notes, but um, I'll definitely, I'll definitely do that. Yeah. Syndrome.
2: You bought it from Amazon. I would
0: have sent you a copy. <laughs> ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Now you see. <laughs> yeah, that's brought it home now. Yeah, yeah. That's right. No, Jane. Look, um, le- leave it with me. Um, I- I'll do that. A great first call. Really interesting. You're absolutely bang on to talk about the denigration of seniors. Um, you know, a lot of. As we know,
2: we know what you know.
0: Happened. Yeah.
2: Actually, just last point, across all of society, they're actually getting rid of what Dr. Bob Gill calls legacy memory. They're doing it in the NHS, in all, everywhere, government, local government, you know, uh, social services, everything. Getting rid of people, when I say rid of, bullying them out of positions that held for years. Anybody who knows how the job should be done is bullied out or got rid of somehow, okay? And uh, we're left with people who don't have that memory of how it should be done, who don't know how the NHS was back in the day, that it was for us, paid for by us, free at the point of use, you know, free at the point of need.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't. Again, that's something that annoys me. Not you, you don't annoy me. But this thing that it's free, it isn't free. Every working man and woman in the country has paid for it and repeatedly paid for it and, you know, often never really used it, thank God. But that's the thing you pay for. it. And you you said something there about seniors being kind of um, painted as useless eaters. And you know, let's get rid of them. I mean, it's amazing. Even before the COVID thing, I remember a lot of talk about, "Oh, things are tough because people are living longer." You know, that, that's t- that's. I, I shouldn't say dangerous language. I don't want to be accused of of being um, woke, but um, but that's what they were trying to do. You know, oh the your your grandparents have had a great time of it. They just won't shag off and die now, but you've paid for years and years and years and years, and the contract was that you did that so that you could retire and be looked after in your retirement. And that means that you get medical attention when you need it and um, you don't have to worry about heating your homes uh, in winter and, uh, and all of that. But that's all gone by the wayside now.
2: But, but not only that uh, uh, Richie, sorry. Yeah. Um, I've raised two generations of children. One, my own, my own children. And then my daughter, who works for the NHS, who happens to be a single parent asked me to step in and look after her children while she went to work. So in my so-called retirement, in my dotage, I've been parenting another generation of children. And so I have been very useful for society. Well,
0: of course you have, because the ah, people ca- people can't get childcare.
2: Oh, and we don't yeah. want strangers looking after our children. You see, the, gov- the g- government, you know, whoever's in ch- charge... <laughs> They want to break the family up okay um, so we're all nuclear families uh, hardly anybody nowadays has anybody within the family they can turn to. the elderly live far away from their children you know Quite uh, often, the, yeah. and and with family breakdowns and everything you know I mean we have we're forced you know the both parents are forced to work it's if they want any sort of standard of living. And the children are being raised by other people who are not part of their family. I was very happy to step in and look after my two grandchildren who needed me and give, bring them some sort of continuity and do things with them out in nature and everything, you know. Uh, but it stopped me working for a few years. Now they've gone, they're in secondary school, they're, they're latchkey kids, if you like, but still they had that
0: they had that grounding from you
2: still around that's right and i mean essentially i'm still here i could do a third generation but i don't want
0: to it's time to relax now jane i'm going to take another call thanks for that and um listen i'll be in touch i know i've got your details i'll be in touch with you in january to arrange that and uh yeah i look forward to that yes thank you you're welcome and again merry christmas jane on the line, yeah, that chat with Doctor Paul Hobday was um, was really really interesting. Uh, now that um, now that um, said for me, that it's come back to uh, to mind, so we must um, sort that out. Um, Joan was next, and then um, not too far uh, after Joan, I think we're going to to near Delhi, just outside Delhi in India. So bear with us. It's uh, Thursday's Richie Allen show, the phone in show. Before we say hi to Joan, here are or here here is are the details.
1: It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161-818-2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus four four one six one-eight one eight-two zero one eight. Talk to Richie now.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since we heard from the Yorkshire last who's behind enemy lines in occupied Canada. How you doing, Joan? Welcome.
4: <laughs> Good. I'm a Lancashire last, remember? Oh, of course,
0: you're Lancashire, Jesus. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm from
4: Widentour up the street.
0: You're only up the road from me. Yeah, that's right. That's How are right. you? How are you doing?
4: I'm not bad. How are you doing?
0: Not too shabby. I had a lovely morning in uh, Manchester this morning in Market Street and down around Deansgate, walking around oh. by myself. Yeah. Um,
4: well, we're expecting, I think it's done purposely, but uh, starting tonight and tomorrow and into Christmas Eve. supposed to be getting this major storm moving through and they're telling people like don't go out don't travel so i think they're trying to stop everybody getting together again are they
0: mentioning? they're not are they mentioning the masks there i ask this because the irish health minister and his minions have been recommending that people wear masks in in crowded places and a minister I can't remember the name. One of the health ministers in this country has said that it's not a bad idea for people going out and about to wear a mask. Have you heard any of that your way yet?
4: Yes, yes, they're, te- they're saying exactly the same thing. And I think some businesses and major companies are telling their staff to wear masks, even though they're not saying it on the mainstream media like they did last time. So I think it's, you know, the prime is for it to come back. But you know, I mean, I've never worn a mask, and I, I won't. So it's you know, it's, it's funny, just uh, it's, it's funny wasting you say that. time
0: on me. It's funny you say priming because I think things things are always difficult in the National Health Service here in the UK. And for listeners who don't know why, it's because there are half as many beds today in the UK hospitals as there were in 1989. So we have fewer. We have half the beds now that we used to have in 1989, and the country has grown by a figure of about 7 million since then. So it's a nightmare in the NHS, and I wonder if things get really difficult in terms of bed blocking. And bed blocking, by the way, I don't want to sound like I'm denigrating seniors after what Jane jo said, I'm not. But because the social care system is in ruins, it means that seniors particularly who could go home can't go home because there isn't anybody to look after them. Uh, they shouldn't be worried about that. It's not their problem. But I wonder in January if we might get some of this masking mandate nonsense again and social distancing because they might say, Joan, they might say in in your neck of the woods, they might say our hospitals are collapsing.
4: Well uh, we have the problem of uh, all the nurses that got let go because they wouldn't get the job uh, they're, not, they're not back to work. So we now have a shortage of nurses, and uh, my sister, who has got cancer from the job, I think, um, has to have an operation in February, and and the the cancer that she's got is rare and aggressive. So, but she's been waiting now for four months for an operation. Uh, you know, so does your sister there suspect nurses? Your... There's, yeah, no beds, no, and she just has to wait.
0: So she's waiting for four months. Does she suspect herself or is it you that the jab might have had something to do with the cancer?
4: No, I I did mention it to her briefly. She's had uh, three shots and I told her from the get go not to do it. And she did. And after the second shot, she uh, was bleeding and then uh, it's progressed from there. Now she has uterine cancer. So for sure, it's the jab.
0: I'm sorry it's rather to hear and that.
4: aggressive like everybody else is right
0: I'm sorry to hear that and would yeah, it, would, I know it's tough Is it too late now anyway? I mean let's hope she recovers there's you know it, obviously there's a good chance she'll recover if they caught it early yeah. That's they they have done But
4: she's 75 she's not in great health to start with and you know so I don't I mean me too I hope you know everything goes well and uh that's all we can do right
0: Yeah I wonder cuz of late, so many doctors have emerged, and consultants have emerged to say these jobs are doing great harm. I wonder if that is dripping through to people i wonder you know
4: i well, i mean I'm awake, and i my community is awake, so it's kind of tough but i've I've tried to tell people you know that are sick or I have a friend who um has a liver disease that she had since she was young and uh, she nearly died The the she got a liver specialist in Toronto 20 years ago who said uh, you maybe only have a year to live so she she did all this stuff to her she had an operation blah 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 and had a, a stent put in a liver and so this doctor has kept her alive for 20 years and um and the doctor like last year or whenever said okay you've got to have the The COVID jab, because if you get COVID, you're going to die. So she's just had her fifth jab with liver disease. And this, because she said, if the doctor, the doctor's kept me alive for 20 years, I'll do what she says.
0: Five jabs.
4: So she's had five jabs. And uh, a flu shot.
0: And yesterday afternoon, Dr. Dean Patterson said to me, That he agrees with the virologists and he agrees with the consultants, the cardiac consultants who say the people who keep taking these are inevitably going to become really unwell at some stage.
4: I know. She's been having a few issues like she she was she had a temperature and she was throwing up, but then she was okay, And that's happened twice, I think. But, you know, it it is a worry for sure. Because, you know, if, if she's but she said, like, I, I don't want any more. And I'm going to tell the doctor I don't want any more. But five in like, I just can't I just can't believe it. And then we have our Minister of Health or whatever she is, Teresa Tam, just did a a skit. But the, the you know, we all pay for it with our tax money. It's like an ad that's all over the place. And it's Teresa Tam pretending to talk to uh, Mrs. Claus. And I think it's all over Twitter, but um, saying, you know, oh, the kids have been good and they should wear a mask and they should get the vaccines. And it's just, you know, just when you think it can't get any worse, something like that happens. It's just disgusting.
0: Yeah, I I know in in my own family and in the neighbourhood, I know some people that have been Definitely have been injured by, by the jabs, yeah. I'm just hoping now that, you know, in, in in this country, what's his face, the mind has gone blank now, Andrew Bridgen and his intervention and then All right. yeah. what, what happened after that with, with doctors coming out. I just hope that people who've had one or maybe two are hearing this and they're making the decision not to continue having them. That'd be my wish I know, for Christmas, that's, yeah.
4: That's all we can hope for. Right? Yeah. I mean in Canada it's just it's just the country's collapsing basically, you know. We've got no health care. Uh, people are still in jail from the uh, trucker convoy, there's four guys still in jail from that. And uh, you know, it's just awful. It's you know, I don't I don't know how to put it into words how bad it is here. One of my kids is moving to London in January, the UK. So if it gets that bad, I'll escape.
0: <laughs> You'll have an escape route to London, yeah. Yes. Yeah, sounds good. But it's
4: pretty bad there too. I mean, it's a worldwide thing, right? So
0: Well, I did, it's look, hard. I, I wasn't going to mention this because I didn't want, the last thing in the word I wanted to be was negative today, but there were a lot of people in Market Street in Manchester this morning wearing masks, a lot. Oh,
4: it- Uh, yeah yeah, i've I've seen a lot more too where i go shopping people are just scared again and uh you know some people have got two masks on and it's you're just waiting for them to say you know and then it's all the scaremongering right with the well there could be another variant and you know if that's the case then we'll see what happens and so people are scared and so they'll wear a mask or two so it's really uh it's just terrible what's going
0: on. Give us some optimism, Joan, before I take my next call. Great to reconnect with you, by the way. Give us some optimism. Can we... By we, I don't mean you know you and me. I don't mean th- the indie media, but people in general. Can we, in 2023, make a serious move, a serious pushback against this, do you think?
4: I think so, yeah. I, I do believe that. I think we're, we're going to win. I More and more people are waking up and People are, you know, there's either going to be everybody wakes up and fights, or there's going to be two a two tier sort of system where the jabbed and the the asleep people will go one way, and the awake people will go another. Because here there's like community set up, there's schools, there's there's all kinds, you know, growing food, uh, you know, uh, herbal stuff. It's just uh, amazing. So it does give me hope, and I. I can't spend so much time anymore listening to videos and yeah, good. people thought because it's too much. It does my head in, right? So yeah. I, But I am hopeful and uh, we just have to carry on, right?
0: Absolutely. Amen to that. Listen, Merry Christmas to you, Joan. And yes, same uh,
4: to you and ha- and your your lot and happy birthday. I share the same birthday.
0: We're New Year's Eve, you and me.
4: Yeah. I'm a New Year's Eve baby
0: too. With and Sir Alex Ferguson as well. New Year's Eve. And believe it or not, Steve Bruce, our our former skipper. He's New Year's Eve as well. Uh Stubborn Goats. Stubborn Goats, Joan. That's that's what we are. And have
4: a have a lovely time. And to all our family of listeners, I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a great twenty twenty three.
0: Brilliant, Joan. Thank you. Joan in Toronto there. Lovely to hear from Joan. We've got himanchi coming up in a moment. Himanshi's uh, just outside of Delhi. Would you believe it? It's been a long time since we've spoken. Uh, Indian lady, remarkable woman. Just before we say hi to Himanshi, let's hear a Christmas tune. Because it is Christmas, isn't it? We'll, we'll hear from Himanshi in about 90 seconds then. Jingle bell, rock. Jingle bell Rock. Bobby Helms and Jingle Bell Rock on Thursday's Richie Allen Show. Hello Himanshi, how are you? Hi
3: Richie, am I audible?
0: I tell you what that is one sexy microphone you've got there <laughs> it's a uh, bloody good so it is remind our listeners it's it's been it must be two years since we've spoken you, right, i think more than two years more than two years you're not far from delhi am i right uh
3: actually i have shifted now i'm in Chandigarh.
0: and where is that uh, geographically where is it
3: uh it's in northern India only, so it's also not too far away from there. Yeah, I've shifted due to my studies.
0: Ah right, yeah, because of course you've you've been studying for the last few years you've been at university. Right. What what are you studying?
3: Uh I'm pursuing my masters in English literature.
0: In English literature. Fantastic. And how far into the process are you now? How much more time do you do you have?
3: Uh, actually, I'm currently in my first semester, so one and a half years more to go.
0: One and a half, and then you'll have a Master's in English Lit, and right. presumably, after that, the next time we speak, you'll be lecturing at Cambridge University.
3: <laughs> no, no. Why not? That would not be the case, certainly. Why not? But let's see what happens.
0: And if you do, I'll take a trip down there and buy you a beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure, so, sure. So, so how is the uh, Dipanchu, your brother, by the way?
3: Uh, he's doing good here. So only like I have shifted to Chandigarh, but my entire family is in Gurgaon only. So they are doing
0: well. Lovely. India has been in the television. It's been on our TV screens a bit lately. There's a lovely television show on the BBC, which um, where 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 celebrities who are older, senior celebrities, they go to India and to other countries, to um, to see if it's um, a nicer place to retire if it's a more healthy place to go and retire and live, and if it's more affordable. And um, it looks wonderful. Some of the places they've been, they've been to Delhi. Uh, it just looks like an amazing part of the world. Anyway, let's talk about all the COVID nonsense and the lockdowns. What, what's it like where, where you are at the moment? Are things pretty much normal there?
3: Right. So for the past few days, it has been in the news that the cases of COVID have been, has been rising in China. So we have been told to wear masks in public places Uh and also to take the necessary precautions. Everything was fine two days ago, but uh, ever since the the news came that uh, the cases have been rising in China particularly, and uh, there have been rumours that the lockdown might get implemented again. Here You're
0: well. kidding me. So so at the moment, they've told people that they must wear masks. It's not a recommendation. It's an order, is it?
3: Yeah, it's a recommendation. It's
0: a recommendation. So people won't be arrested or fined if they don't wear it. Not them. for now. No, not but for I, now.
3: like it's certain that will happen soon as well because we know what is their ad- agenda. So I'm sure that they will again bring the mask mandates and the precautionary dose mandates as well. Because for uh, like for now, uh, everyone was advised to take at least two doses of the vaccine. Yeah. And now uh, they are rolling out the third one as well. Some people have gotten the third dose as well.
0: Some people have gotten the third dose. Now you are mm-hmm. aware, because you've got a big brain on you and you keep an eye on international news, you know that people are getting very ill in this country, people who have had the jabs, not everybody, but a lot of people. Is there any of that where where you live? Do you hear about any of that vaccine injuries?
3: Uh, not here particularly, Richie, but uh, I've seen various videos on Facebook and on social media how People are collapsing randomly, like they're walking down the street and then they are collapsing. Like recently, I saw a video, I think two weeks ago. So one man was worshipping in a temple and he suddenly collapsed and died of a heart attack. And then people who regularly go to gym and do physical activities, they are yeah. collapsing all of a sudden, especially those who have taken COVID Shield, which is um, AstraZeneca. So the AstraZeneca shot has been named their COVID shield. So yeah, so that I think that particular vaccine is very dangerous, and the cases of cardiac arrest and heart attacks have been on the rise. This is amazing. Very frequently, um, if you Google uh, heart attacks in India, you'll see how many people are are dying of uh, heart attacks and cardiac arrest.
0: And some countries have withdrawn the AstraZeneca. Yeah. Ja.
3: Yeah, yeah, I read it.
0: And yet they're uh, still giving it, to in, it in India. I read it long ago. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but still uh, and uh, very intriguing uh, the fact is very intriguing that the vaccine which was available here uh, mostly the the major vaccine that was available here predominantly was Covishield only. Uh I, I think we had three vaccines which are available which are still available here. Uh Covishield Co-vaccine and there's one more, uh, Sputnik. So these three were uh, three are available here, and the one which is available, uh, like which is available in excess, that is uh, Covishield only. So people tried to get uh, Co-vaccine. Co-vaccine was manufactured in India only, but, uh, but uh, that was not available as frequently as it was not. Available dominantly, and so people had to take um, COVID shield and uh, Sputnik too.
0: Did you worry at any stage, Himanshi? That you might struggle to attend lectures? Was there any danger uh, uh, about the lectures? Yeah,
3: that's the issue. Uh, so most of the people that I know, uh, they have told me that they took the jabs not because they. Um, wanted, uh, wanted to take them, but reluctantly they had to take them, unwillingly because of the uh, protocols that were laid down by their offices or by educational institutions. So they did uh, did not uh, want to take the labs themselves. It's just that the protocols were made so they had to be they had to take the shots so they were coerced i think in the future yeah yeah, certainly but um uh, i hope people will now that i talk to people i think they are becoming more aware about everything that is happening and i hope they will resist all the mandates that are about to come please go but i also um fear that what will happen is uh, the Hunger Games Society comes here and we are not able to resist. this. this deep-rooted fears that I have. What if um, everything that basically David has said is coming true? It's coming true, word for word. Yeah. L- let me so ask you this, this is important. What will happen so if people will not resist? So I also fear the consequences
0: as well. The consequences will be the Hunger Games Society. I've never asked you this question. I should have asked you before. Is there an independent... Media in India, like there is here in the UK, are there men and women making podcasts where they are challenging what's happening?
3: Uh, I think there are, but uh, those are not quite reputed, and they uh, obviously uh, they don't come to the limelight. uh, There are some people, there are some journalists that I know, there are some people I know who try to raise this concern of the vaccine mandates and everything of the new world order but uh, they don't come into the limelight and obviously they are suppressed by the mainstream media
0: you've um, you and depanchu because it was i think it was depanchu your brother who got you into <laughs> it you you've been a, a a big reader of of the books of david icke for many years and 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 watched these talks and these videos and um I, I was I was thinking of you, actually, when the European Union countries, the Schengen countries, the 27, the 26, when they you, you, unanimously, when, when they all decided to ban David from travelling in Europe, that's yeah, astonishing stuff, isn't it? Crazy. Right,
3: right, right. So I, I think David also... Um uh, I think we also signed the petition for him to, like, there was this petition, I'm forgetting about that. But I think we also signed a petition to remove the ban of him traveling to several countries. Yeah. So that was very astonishing. We were also very taken aback by the fact that he is not allowed to travel to certain places because of what he speaks and what he does. So in a way, they are trying to suppress what he is trying to say. And that becomes a bondage. So be- basically, Orwell's 1984 is Yeah, but it's good though, isn't
0: it? Lives. When you think about it, it's, it's a good thing. It does it does, this, it does the agenda more harm because when you ban <laughs> somebody, everybody wants to know why, particularly right. people who didn't know so much about David Icke. It's kind of like, why are they banning this guy? I never heard of him. Let's have a look. Let's find out what he's saying. And then it, I've got to ask you this too while I have you on the line. It's great to chat with you, by the way. Uh, old pal, yeah, not like, so old. Like. I'm older than you. But tell me this. Um, I remember, I'm going to get this wrong now, but there's a lovely story about university. Did you adopt a dog that you met at university?
3: <laughs> no, uh, actually, Richie, I uh, take care of ah, in, uh right. in Gurgaon, like my hometown and here as well. So, uh, there are various, uh, there are innumerable stray dogs that I take care of. So, they come to my house, they eat and sleep. So And also at my university as well, and uh, my previous university, from there I did my bachelor's, I used to take care of them. So, in a way, I have adopted them. So, so, so some of them sleep at my place, I provide them food, shelter, blankets and everything. But I haven't adopted anyone per se, but they are part of my
0: family. They're all your family. It's wonderful, isn't it? I saw a photograph some years ago. It must have been on Facebook or somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. I
3: uploaded one on Twitter, I think.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you're still doing that. You're still helping with Uh, the stray dogs.
3: Yeah, I still do. like uh, Ever since I've moved to Chandigarh. it's been almost three months now. So I miss the strays that I have back yeah. at home, and but now now uh, here I've made new friends at the university and also the place like it, around near my room as well. Lovely. Place hey,
0: listen, just I'm I'm just going to take another call, right? It's been great catching up with you. I hope you don't leave it so long to uh, to call back. in. I know you're you're a few yeah, hours actually, ahead of us. Uh,
3: what happened? Uh, I tried to contact you. Uh, your Twitter account recently, I think it was restored. So, um, it was down for almost 1.5 years, I think. Your yeah, Twitter something like that. Yes, yeah. so I had no way of contacting you, and I also tried looking for you on Facebook, but I couldn't find your page. I think that was down as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, everybody, so, it's, it's not just David Ike, yeah. it's, it's everybody. So, they going after everybody.
3: Uh, I, I don't know what issue occurred, but uh, uh. Like, I listened to a few of your shows through your website and there was this option of commenting uh, on your, like, website only. You had to, we had to make an account and then we can comment. Uh, as the show went on live, we could comment on the Uh, There's this live chat, I think. So I was not able to, I don't know what happened, but I was not able to make my account and I was not able to comment there as well. I can explain that. So I tried to contact you. I was trying to contact you for... I, I don't know for uh, more than a year, but I wasn't able to. I'll tell you about. I, I'll tell you about I that. I was not able to find your social media accounts. I was gone. Due to some glitch, or I don't know, on your website, yeah. I was not able to create my account and comment there as
0: well. Yeah, because I was gone. The, the 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 opening an account on RichieAllen.co.uk that is problematic for some people. We're working on that, and and hopefully, please God, very early in January, it'll be much easier to register an account and to go on there so kind of leave that uh, with us yeah because i'd like to see you on there from time to time chatting away but sure. l- listen can i can i wish um um all the very best to you and to the pancho? you G- give them our regards and say that we were sure, sure. After i him. will
3: merry christmas and happy birthday in
0: advance and merry christmas to you too it's been a tonic to hear from you Imanshu, and all the best with the studies
3: yeah. Yeah, thank you, Richie. You're thank very you.
0: welcome. And boy, for now, and thanks for looking after uh, the stray dogs as well. What an amazing character. Himanchi called the programme about seven years ago. It, wasn't, it was about a year old, the, the show, and I must have done the very first phone-in. And would you believe it, Himanchi got through. She was sat with her brother, Dipanchu and they were living near Delhi at the time. And the reason she rang up was to demand that David Icke go out to Delhi and give a talk out there because people in that part of the world, it's extraordinarily expensive to come to the UK or to Australia to see him. So she came on to vehemently demand that uh, that David come to, uh, to Delhi. It was brilliant. I'll be back with more calls in a moment. Colds, seasonal flu and respiratory diseases. We all get them. By now you've probably heard our advert for Immunex 365 about 50 times and for those of you who went ahead and bought from us I would like to say thank you. Hi there this is Eamon the founder of the business and I'm delighted to be able to tell you that for 2023 we have managed to reduce the price of Immunex 365 and finally it is also available in Ireland. Also in the new year we'll be adding new products and the long-awaited newsletter for both subscribers and customers. As a start-up business, the support from The Richie Allen Show and all its listeners has been incredible. And on behalf of myself and all those behind the scenes, I wish you a happy, peaceful Christmas and an exceptional new year. Thank you. And i got to say, Eamon from Immunex365.com is an absolutely top guy. He really is. And he supports the independent media, not just this program. So I've said it before, if um, getting uh, an immunity supplement is on your mind, Get over and have a look at his website and consider using immunex365.com because he does support the independent media and he's a really good guy. And I can endorse him. I don't endorse anything else. But he's a lovely fella, is Eamon. And thanks to him, again, not just for supporting us here, but supporting other independent media content creators too. Now, here are the contact details.
1: It's your call, Skype, chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. 818 2018. Talk to Richie now.
0: And I do think we've got Donna on the line. Hello, Donna.
1: Well, hello. Can you hear me?
0: Oh, loud and clear. Thank God. How are you? <laughs>
5: Doing well, Richie. How are you? Merry
0: uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Where, where? Remind us, where are you calling from?
5: Anchorage, Alaska.
0: In Alaska, Anchorage, my God. Well, it's obviously snowing up there.
5: Presently, no. But um, we might get some snow today. Uh, it hit 15 this morning. Yesterday, it was about 10 below on average around town. Five to 10 below.
0: 10 below, Don. i tell you why, because last week it reached 11 below here. It doesn't do that very, very... Often and of course it was blamed on climate change, obviously, but it doesn't. So it was minus eleven, and I nearly died.
5: You're talking Fahrenheit.
0: Uh, Celsius. Yeah. Ah. Oh well, God, yes. Oh yeah. It it would be worse. So yeah. No, no. It wasn't anywhere near as bad as it gets for you. I don't. Think. Let
5: me look at my. Uh, Look it up, And see, because I have to, I don't think in Celsius.
0: I People failed. are probably
5: going to think I must be some kind of moron. No, you're
0: not. I'm the moron. I failed. Well,
5: 10 below Celsius is like five above zero. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Uh, and so when we had 10 below, that would have been about minus 22 to 24.
0: In, no, minus yeah 24. In, in Celsius. In, yeah, you, you were right. It's worse. Uh, my mathematics is. Absolutely diabolical. Minus 24. Holy God. <laughs> yeah, thermal quite, underwear. Yeah.
5: Well, this is Anchorage. So, I mean, Timbalo's probably about as cold as it gets most of the time. Yeah. Um, but if you're in Fairbanks, I'm not sure what the temperature is right now in Fairbanks, but it can get as much as 70 degrees below zero in that's on the Fahrenheit scale in Fairbanks. And I've heard, I've never tried this yet, but I really want to someday that if you walk outside with a cup of piping hot coffee and throw it into the air, oh, it yeah. freezes instantly and turns into coffee snow.
0: Fantastic. Turns it into would co-
5: be really fun to watch. Turns
0: into, <laughs> what? what do you call them? Snow cones. We call them something else. But yeah, that would be quite i I think i've seen that on television before i mean that's ridiculous that's the sort of temperature if you do get lost if you happen to be out walking or something and you your navigation system goes all right you're dead really donna within a few minutes right you're not going to survive out there in minus 70 that's crazy well, there
5: are multiple strategies people have but i mean you do have to contend with the fact that 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 is really dangerous weather yeah so if you're traveling Somebody was joking um, on a teleconference yesterday at work um, that they're getting ready to drive down to Soldatna, and somebody said oh well you better be careful because if you break down on the side of the road it's going to be very dangerous and she said yeah she said my dad told me to bring a spare tire uh, that way if we do break down we we can light the spare tire (laughs) and stay warm for a while.
0: (laughs) For a few minutes (laughs) and hope hope that rescues the cavalry arrives yeah. That's yeah. scary stuff, Donna. That is scary well, stuff.
5: I first moved here from Hawaii. I lived in Hawaii. I went to college at UH Manoa, and I, um, well, I for a period of time anyway. I went there, and then I came up here and worked on a proposed project that never got built—the Trans Canada Pipeline. I was a survey archaeologist when they were working on uh, uh, permitting that project. And uh, my very my very first crew supervisor, archaeologist, is a woman who is now deceased. God bless her soul, uh, a lady named uh, Dr. Carol Gelvin Ray Miller. And she was born in Fox, Alaska, which is just about on the Arctic Circle, in a, a dry cabin. And her mother, uh, the only communication that her mother had at the time when she gave birth alone in their cabin was a CB radio and the first communication to the people around her was double the diaper order. (laughs) Carol's Carol's mother gave birth to twins alone in a cabin. So my first field crew supervisor was like the most rugged Alaskan woman I could have ever known, right? (laughs) What, What do
0: we say here in the UK? Hard as nails. 100 I mean,
5: percent. yeah 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 really smart really funny very very nice that's the way alaskans are but they're tough yeah and and they're able they're just not they're they you have to be really smart she sat me down one day and she said donna i'm only going to tell you this once you need to eat more bacon
0: <laughs> why why bacon
5: because the calories, when it's cold, you need high-calorie foods to survive. In
0: that, in those temperatures, right. Yeah, I get you.
5: Yeah, she goes, yeah. get used to it. Eat more bacon
0: <laughs> and get used to the cold. <laughs> Giving birth to twins in a cabin near the Arctic Circle. I mean, that's just rock hard. I but know. <laughs> the things we complain about. The things my mother complained about, my grandmother complained about. They never had to deal with that. If At the moment, everybody here in the UK, everyone I know, is talking about vaccine injuries and heart issues and the, the, the recent glut of doctors who've come out. What are people who you know in Anchorage, Alaska, what are they talking about now?
5: So, for one thing, um, a dear friend of mine, uh kind of the nucleus of my friend circle, who's a pilot, uh passed away uh, just before Thanksgiving from a pulmonary embolism. She uh, was, she was uh, I forget the term for it. She was on the clock, but she wasn't flying her plane. Uh, she was coming back to her station from wherever she had just flown to. And she uh, they, they met her, the ambulance met her plane side and she died from a pulmonary embolism about a week later. Uh, and multiple cardiac arrests. She was 41 years old. And I can't say for sure scientifically that she died because of a vaccine injury, but among all these friends of ours, all of whom are pilots and the vast majority of whom have absolutely refused to take the vaccine because of the implications for their careers and because it's like not, it's just not worth it to them. Um, some people are more hardcore about that than others. This particular friend was lately really, really, really difficult to be around because she was attacking everyone around her going, you know, how dare you put all the rest of us in danger because you won't take the vaccine. So she was very, very, very pro-vaccine. She was militantly pro-vaccine. She was willing to throw her relationships under the bus. And all of us are kind of aghast with the situation because, of course, now she's pushing up daisies. It's a really, really difficult thing for us to grapple with. We don't wish that it had happened, no. but we're kind of not shocked either.
0: It's terrible, isn't it? And mm-hmm. and there's a reluctance. Then you think, well, we've got to talk to people about that. But then, if you talk to people about the lady and what happened to her, it can look, it can come across as as if it's in bad taste. You know what I mean? Right? You know? Oh yeah. yeah. I'm
5: trying I'm intentionally, trying not to be in bad taste. I don't. No, no, of course not. Yeah. On her.
0: But it's important information. So so it needs to be communicated to people that the jabs yeah. are involved. But then other people might think that that's pretty poor form. But what yeah. else can you do? Only mention this, that people are dying after they've had the jabs and th- they were in very good health beforehand. You're absolutely right. right. And doctors are saying, more and more doctors are saying and scientists, that the more of these you take, the more boosters, the more in danger you are putting yourself, that's got to be communicated to people.
5: Well, okay, so it's even more prescient in this particular case because of the fact that she was a commercial airline pilot. And here in the States, they have to have um, a health certificate issued to them each year. And starting at age 39, you are required to get a chest x-ray as a part of your, you know, you have to do a stress test um, on your heart. You have to have a full blood workup every single year but then as you get older they add more and more monitoring and the chest x-rays um, at her age she would have had two on record showing a clean bill of health so sudden catastrophic and like while she was on duty sh- she was flying a plane earlier that day
0: yeah that's you know? right.
5: so, so 200 and some odd souls were endangered by all of that not just her
0: and, so, the, ir- and the irony it- is Sorry. sorry. Excuse me, Donna. I'm an idiot for interrupting. Carry on.
5: No, no. I kind of was done.
0: (laughs) No, no. It's very important. You just reminded me. There was a bizarre story in the British press last week about insurance companies insuring drivers. You might have come across this. And they are regarding the unjabbed as being more in danger, as being more of a danger behind the wheel. Your premium, your car, your motor insurance premium, if you're not jabbed, you can expect it to be a little bit more expensive than the person who is jabbed. At least there, there are calls for this. That's just absolutely insane, isn't it? I mean, where do you...
5: Well, even if there are people calling for that, it's interesting to me that it's actually the insurance industry that's yeah. facing the middle better than anyone else. If you're following that Ed Dowd Um, revelations, I'll call them. And I'm I'm still not 100% sure how much I really trust all of that. But apparently, the life insurance industry is the first in the United States to kind of notice the excess deaths became precipitously higher in 2021 than they were in 2020. And there's only one thing that changed during that period of time. And that was the introduction of the vaccine to the mass population. So
0: what do you think will be the response is there because i don't
5: think the insurance companies are going to be dumb enough to do that i mean they're they they base their decisions on data and it's all about money
0: you're bang on So they're
5: going to look at the data and they're going to see that that doesn't make sense
0: and you know what might happen although it it might be unlikely too. we know that when people make claims against insurance companies we know that quite often the the companies act in bad faith and they get investigators to try and um, look over the claim to try to, to give them the, um, the excuse to deny the claim. They, they do this all the time. I wonder will insurance companies start to look for some loophole where they can deny the claims of people who were killed because they took the vaccines? I wonder, you know. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? If you're a health insurance company or a life insurance company, I should say, and you see all of these claims coming in and you're always looking for some excuse to deny the claim and not, not pay out, I wonder, will somebody suggest, well, maybe we shouldn't pay um, life insurance for people who died. Maybe they shouldn't have been stupid enough to have these jobs.
5: Yeah, well, you know, I think I would recommend if that's a concern, and I, I guess you're right, it sh- it might be something to just be aware of yeah. I'm no insurance uh professional but I I I personally have made insurance claims before. I've looked into making an insurance claim on my homeowner's policy and I've definitely done one or two or five on my auto insurance on occasion, right? Right. And in every single one of those cases it came down to whether or not the claim that I was making was covered under the contract or not. So I would say, don't be blind, read the extremely boring and dry um, legalese uh, contract and find out what your insurance covers and what they exclude. And if you're about to enter into a policy with a company that says something discriminatory about um, about your medical decisions, then don't do business with them.
0: You know, that's a
5: very simple metric to make
0: it is and nothing that i ever nothing that i predict ever comes true anyway so it's <laughs> unlikely that insurance companies will try to deny the claims of people injured or or killed by 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 the jobs what, what what are the plans for for christmas for the next few days donna will you be doing the cooking will somebody be cooking for you what's going to happen
5: well I'll talk about Christmas in a second. I'm really glad you brought up the vaccine stuff because I wanted to bring up a few items for your listeners' attention here in the United States because it is my area. This I have been interested in medical freedom, in parental rights, in medical decision-making way before the COVID stuff started. In fact, dating back to about 2015 when, for the first time, I discovered or was told by my sister that, um, that there are certain childhood vaccines that contain aborted fetal stem cells. And I responded to my sister by saying, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I am going to prove you wrong. And the result of that was that I proved her 100% right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it changed my life because I was becoming a parent at that time. My oldest was born in 2012. My youngest, I was pregnant with him at the time. When my sister said that, and I all of a sudden revised my relationship with my kids' doctors. So this issue and the legality of this issue, what the laws are and what they aren't, and how you exercise exemptions and how how you navigated that is very care is very very careful um, strategies that I was already using and learning about at for my own family's benefit as far back as 2015. So today I found out, um, basically through a Substack article, Naomi Wolf brought it up in somebody's Substack, um, that uh, Louie Gohmert and Ronnie Jackson, um, those are Republican representatives in the Congress, have introduced a bill, HB 9366, which will strip pharma of its immunity for vaccine injuries. Um, I have not read this bill and I'm willing to bet that it probably won't even get out of committee because that is such the golden cow. But I'm really happy to hear that something like that is afoot because that is targeting the very, very heart of this issue. You know, there isn't there literally is not a single other product, medicine or service that is indemnified of liability in the United States other than vaccinations. And those those pharmaceutical companies have a blank check. They can lie. They can harm. They can obfuscate. They can deny. They are not being regulated as they should be by our regulatory agencies here the multitude of them, but primarily the FDA and the CDC, um, they're all complicit in that game because there is so much money to be made in every direction. Um, Most importantly, the fact that those agencies are part owners of the patents on all of this stuff. So of course they all benefit. It's a freaking cash cow. And we are the chattel, right? We are the people who are the sacrificial lambs to their greed. Um, so that, those terms that were, or that one term in the 1986 vaccine injury compensation act has been the fundamental root of this whole problem from the start. So I, I got onto the wrong team a long time ago, Uh, you know, but it has benefited my family, I think in a big way, because my husband is an Alaska national guardsman and, um, and my children, at the start of the pandemic we were attending public school. And um, I already had, at that point, identified a very, very short list of pediatricians and physicians, family physicians here, and I mean a very short list, of people who agreed with me, doctors that agreed with me that I'm the one that makes the decision here and yeah. not you, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Imagine having so, to be thinking about things like that. It's astonishing, really. There's, you know, the idea that a mo- a mother would have to think, well, I've got to find um, a good doctor now, you know, who's not going to make any trouble when we don't have these shots or those shots, and on yeah. the in- on on the, the the companies being indemnified. I've I've had one or two people on the program recently who've been injured badly by the jabs, and they are pursuing the legal avenue they're going down whatever roads they can to try and find um if it's possible to, to to render that agreement between the government and the pharmaceutical companies to render it null and void so please god there's something in that um uh donnie you know let's so I'm, I'm going to have to take some more calls i've only got a half an hour left but i but just briefly for christmas you're in the most idyllic location what are you doing you're looking forward to okay so
5: we're gonna um we always take a trip to one of the many places that tourists like to visit, only we only go in the winter when there's no tourists. <laughs> so nice. um, this year we're just going to take a short drive, an hour south to Seward, and we're going to stay in a little condo with a few friends, and we're going to go ski um, a, a, a maintained, a groomed ski area. There's a bunch of kids involved in all this, so there's no backcountry, no avalanches expected. Uh, just easy peasy skiing on groomed trails in Seward. That's our plan this year. So, and the skiing is marvelous. We got uh, like almost thirty inches of snow in southeast in the last two weeks. So the skiing is fabulous right Beautiful now.
0: Beautiful ski. I've never something I've never done. No, never, never, never. I, I went to Interlaken many years ago. Had the opportunity to ski. Decided not to. Went for a swim in an Olympic swimming pool instead. I've always regretted it. Maybe some time in the future. Um, Fantastic call Donna. Merry Christmas. See you in yours and thanks for sharing that information with us.
5: You too, Richie.
0: Brilliant. Merry Christmas. You too and God bless. Amazing. Donna in Anchorage in Alaska. How cool um, is that? I'm going to take another tune and then Amy is next. Amy is next. Yeah. I asked for ladies to call in, didn't I? I think the ladies have answered.
4: There is fo- there will- Yeah, it's
0: 27 minutes to the top of the hour. Great calls this evening. It's fantastic. This is Thursday's Richie Allen Show. It's the final Richie Allen Show of 2022 because it's Christmas, right? But I am doing the Christmas morning melodies program again this Christmas morning Sunday at 10 o'clock between 10 and noon. So I can't wait for that. So keep that in mind. Hello, Amy. Are you there? She is. there. Hello. How are you?
6: I'm okay. Um, oh, excuse me. I'm trying not to sneeze. I have the cold.
0: You have the COVID. You have the COVID nineteen. Get off well, of this livestream. I don't know if it's the COVID. I'm joking, the by cold. the way. Everything is COVID, Amy. You can't stub your toe. <laughs> you can't scratch behind your ear. It's got to be COVID. Where Where, where <laughs> are you, by the way?
6: You are very correct. I'm in the um. I'm on Vashon Island in Washington State.
0: In Washington State, so you're on the far west of the United States.
6: I am. I'm right up at the
0: corner. So we've had Alaska, we've had Anchorage, you've had Donna, and they were over the other side.
6: Yeah, and she's right, it's very cold. My window was actually frozen shut this morning. Um, we got it down here too. We got to like 18, so for you guys, I don't know what that is Celsius either.
0: Minus uh. 272. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be as bad as that, but yeah, it, it'll be blooming cold. Wow, it's... it's do you know what? It, it never ceases to amaze me, and it's because of my age, because I'm 47. It's so incredible for you to be like if i flew to your house now i would be going as far as i could before i would start coming back it, you couldn't be any further away from me yet it oh, sounds like you're next door it's amazing really
6: well that is amazing you're right yeah um, that sounds so close i um but we're not that far no I mean, we're not you, anyway Anyway, the
0: world is round, by the way. Just in case any of the flat earthers are listening, <laughs> oh, in. I love that. I'm such I a love child. That. I'm such a child. No, l- listen. Anyway, look, you're welcome. And now you have the floor. So, uh, what would you like I to say? I really,
6: um, I don't. Uh, well, I have so much, but too much. But um, really, what uh, it prompted my call was I watched a documentary last night um, on YouTube, and it's called "A Dangerous Idea: The History of Eugenics in America," and I was astounded and I thought you might, I actually thought of you while I was watching and like, Richie should talk to some of these people. Um, It's, I'm well aware of the eugenics. Well, I've got a good awareness of the eugenics programs around the world, you know, from times past I've read Edwin Black's book war against the Weak. I read that in the nineties and, and then there's another one that's really good that I recommend called um, Better for All the World. And that title actually comes from a letter from one of these you know, big players in the eugenicist world, uh, you know, where it's like, it'd be better for all the world if these people don't go. But what really... If, these, pe- the if things, these
0: people are bumped off, you mean?
6: Yeah, or, or sterilized. Or and, sterilized that, that's, yeah. and what I found so interesting in watching this documentary last night was that they literally said, I mean, back then, they're talking about it, the panel. They said, well, if we can vaccinate people, we can sterilize them, too. That's how they got away with it. You know, after the, um, the smallpox thing where it became, they were able to mandate that in the early 1900s, I believe, in America. Um, then they, they just said, well, if we can do this, we can, do th- we can sterilize, too. Like, it's not a problem. And they tried to make it real. Uh, anyway, it's fascinating, and there were so many the authors on this. I just thought you might want to.
0: One hundred percent, yeah. Because there is a there there is an opinion, and and it's pretty widespread among even among physicians. They believe that the jabs will interfere interfere with with, with uh, fertility. They're convinced exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah,
6: exactly. And and, and I mean, and we did it. Um, you know, everybody's we know that it was done to all sorts of different people and it wasn't, you know, I mean, black people in native American people, um, people that were considered feeble and yeah. stupid, um, people that couldn't pass an IQ test. It, it, it... Israel. anyway, Israel. I, Israel I just Israel. found it really interesting. And it's, it's based on a. There's a documentary called a dangerous idea. Um, and they show clips of it in this panel. I can send you the link to this YouTube. And then, then they talk to like the filmmakers and then two other authors um, I'd love to I haven't watched the full documentary but now I, I have to but uh, the whole point is what we're going through and all of us kind of being stressed out with what we're seeing in the world and we're seeing the deaths and we're seeing the sickness and we're seeing um, if we just realize that this has a basis this isn't new
2: Yeah, it
6: really isn't um, and it's not to like be terrified of the Illuminati or anything but if we just realize that this isn't new maybe we can kind of more, uh, I, I I don't just kind of go. Oh, okay, there were bad people, and then what do you do? You I get just you. Say no. I
0: get exactly what you're saying. If you can demonstrate to people through documentaries like that, through. Books, but because it's there, it's all out there in the open. That these programs existed, the smallpox blankets that happened, this this really mm-hmm. happened. Um, the, the you know you know what happened. to African Americans, obviously, what happened. I mean, I had a rabbi on this program about six seven years ago, and he was talking about Palestine, and that was all well and good and all of that. And I pointed out, being the devil's advocate, I pointed out that look, you know, after what happened in the. Uh, second world war i don't blame on one hand i don't blame some zionists for being so um, militant you know in the homeland for the jews and all of that and the rabbi said to me he said hang on uh, richie he said um israel had a program of sterilizing ethiopian jews and Mm -hmm. i thought you're kidding me i didn't know anything about this you see Mm -hmm. and i looked into it and i saw that yeah the israelis were were sterilizing ethiopian jews and this was a real thing Everywhere the Brits have done it. it it's you, this is brilliant, Amy. It's, it's not brilliant, of course. It's very important. It's it's been happening for forever and a day. And why yeah. would why would it not be uh, continuing? Why would some group or other not be doing it now when they're talking openly about the climate crisis that's coming and uh, the fact that there are too many people on Earth?
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that seems to be. And I think from whomever this is it's there's too many people for the way we want it to we don't feel safe we want it i i just think if they can i i do think they are trying to change the fabric of reality if they could um and i think they are you know all these <clears throat> pardon my cold The all the you know weird weather you know geoengineering is real yeah. i literally walked out this morning um in my socks because I had to remove a barrier because we had some guy coming around the house to uh, do some work. And uh, I had to take a thing back so he could get up here and it's snow on the ground. And I was like, I'm too tired to put shoes on. So I'm going to walk out in my socks. The snow stuck to my socks and, but it didn't make my socks wet. And I was like, that's weird.
0: Like (laughs) why would that happen? Yeah.
6: Well, I have seen those weird videos of um, where people try to burn snow. Have you seen this? It's silly. It really is. And I don't know what I think, but I have tried to do it. Like if you gather up, if you get snow and they're saying the snow is now fake or it's made of something different, um, it does not not melt when you try to burn it. It sort of turns black and smells funny. And it was so funny because I was like, I grew up in the Midwest of the uh, the u.s and we are used to snow and usually if you walked out in your socks your feet would get really really cold and your socks would get drenched right
0: yeah makes sense to me yeah
6: well they didn't even this morning anyway what i'm saying is whatever is in the air whatever's in the geoengineering whatever's there's just a lot of stuff out there and it's definitely a um i think all these people think that they have a, a like we can make it better We can change it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you know, know, it's funny you mentioned geoengineering. Back in March 2020, right in the height of the first lockdown, when nothing was happening, I put photographs on social media because I knew nobody would believe me. Um, The the crisscross patterns were everywhere in the sky. Mm -hmm. And nobody was flying. There were no commercial flights.
3: Right.
0: Where is it coming from? And I asked them I'm, somebody who, who, who said to me, oh, what a what a, what a crock. There, there is a guy. There's always a guy. There's a guy who um, walks <laughs> his dog and he's very friendly, but he thinks that this radio show is just silly and crazy. And adds, uh, good he says that all the lunatics all get together and share their theory. So he's not a censor, but he thinks we're all mm-hmm. nuts, you know. And mm-hmm. one of the things that drives him crazy is this uh, chemtrails thing. During March 2020, I said to him, look up at that. Where do you think that's come from? And he's like... Uh, what
7: did he say?
0: Well, you no answer. Just none. Well, I said, no, there are no planes. There is no... Manchester Airport is closed. There are no commercial flights out of Manchester Airport. Uh, by the way, Emmy, Manchester Airport is a massive airport. It's a gateway mm-hmm. airport. I, is, what's going on? Where's that coming from? Yeah, you see? And uh, anyway, so he changed the subject, as they generally do. But of course it's happening. It's going on every day. And it's the one you see, it is the one that the the perplexed. My friend Jean-Anne Crowley refers to people who don't know the things we do, or they do know them, but they're turning a blind eye to them. She refers to them as the perplexed. Um, geoengineering is the one that they really do think is bat shit crazy, excuse me. Yeah. They they That's crazy. No. Yeah, that's crazy.
6: Well, and it does sound bat shit, crazy it, sounds, it sounds bad it, shit it, crazy. it does, and it took me a while, but <clears throat> honestly the um, it was about Twenty years ago, I remember, um, you know, driving in Washington. We'd we'd always have a long drive at Christmas, and we'd be coming down south to go see my partner's family. And um, I just start noticing that, like, the sun was white, and it was like, like really bright too. Like I was like, I can't. I remember it being golden. and I would talk about that, but I didn't know yet about geoengineering. I didn't know. I hadn't really paid attention um to any of that stuff I had noticed the clouds in the sky because my whole family is like we talked about the weather you know when I grew up we were just like oh those clouds are coming in okay you know so I was really used to watching what storms were coming and but so I noticed that the clouds looked different but I had not heard you know about spring and but I noticed that the sun was always white and that with light wasn't soft
0: yeah yeah I'll tell you what sorry go go ahead, ahead Amy go ahead no, no, no. I, um, that's it. <laughs> no, no. just on this, the thing that convinced me it was a genuine programme was when I interviewed a guy called Bruce Douglas from Maui. And Bruce, Bruce. is a really lovely guy. He's a scientist. And uh, he had no interest in any of this. But he began to do soil samples for, yeah. for periods of time w- during these heavy spraying um, sessions, let's call them. And Bruce was a doubter. And he started doing all of these uh, tests and he came back and said... Elevated levels of all sorts of heavy metals, but including barium and strontium. Strontium. That's right. And he said it can't be otherwise explained because in the soil, these are five, six times the levels we should expect to find in the soil. And that did it for him. And he said, well, it's got to be. Can't be coming from. And and of course, the bee colony uh, collapsing with a bee dementia. Yeah. Because of aluminium or aluminium, as you crazy Yanks call it, it's aluminium.
6: <laughs> aluminium, I have, I, I love to say that just because to me it sounds so funny. It sounds aluminium. ridiculous to you,
0: aluminium. <laughs> Bloody yanks. Hey, listen, I'm going to take one more call before I before I do go. What, what yes, about what please, about Christmas? Uh, What's the plan? You've got the snow. I'm not anyway.
6: doing. Uh, I'm doing nothing. I'm pretty much on my own. I'm just having a quiet quite nothing um and enjoying that but i want to thank you for um your show and all your music i i want to say this i love every time you put on music I'm like oh my god what a great song oh my god i i love your music i love your taste in music and i've only heard one of your christmas melody morning melodies um i missed last year's but i'm gonna try again this year i it, it that was so fun the first one yeah and, i really enjoyed um, just, it yeah it, it, you just do a that is lovely to have your your joy and your sadness and your depression and your angst and your music and just the way you do everything. Thank you so much and really, really happy Merry Christmas.
0: Thanks, Amy. It's a beautiful thing you said there. I really appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you too and I hope we speak again. Okay. Great. Thanks, Amy. Uh lovely that. Yeah, just for balance there, um there 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 are people who think that my musical taste is absolutely diabolical. So just for just for a bit of balance, but that's a, a lovely thing uh for Amy to say. Thank you, Amy. I do believe we've got Cliff on the line. Is it yourself, Cliff? Hello, it's
7: Jay.
0: So yeah, turn yeah, me don't. off, yeah, turn me off in the background there. bloody good to hear from you, Paul. How are you?
7: That's it. I think I'm here, Richie. How are you
0: doing? I'm, I'm brilliant. i just got to say this. Uh, Cliff is a gentleman, a scholar and a huge supporter of the independent media. And he's been very generous and supportive of the Richie Allen Show for many years and Sue too. So thank you, pal. I'm so glad that you called in.
7: Well, I'm I'm happy to support you, Richie. Uh, I'd say uh, without you I, I would have probably you know, at the jabs or you know, my grandson would have had the jabs and I just wouldn't have been where I am now, you know. So, uh, and that's all down to you and the guests that you have on. So I owe you a lot and it, and it's, what I'll give you is not enough. Uh, I wish uh, it could be more. It's but more it's than enough.
0: enough. Well, thanks for saying that, buddy. It's more uh, than enough. So um, what's going on with all of these doctors coming out? So well, many of them. Well,
7: well, uh, f- funny enough, um, I haven't been too well lately. Um, I've been struggling, struggling with my hearing. So, um, I went to the doctors and he said to me, can you describe the symptoms? I said, sure. Homer's a fat bloke and Marge's blue hair. <laughs> I, I, I thought myself, if you can tell shit jokes on the radio, then, then that's good enough. good enough for the rest of us, you know? Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I thought, I thought I'd be, uh, struggling to get to, to, to call in tonight because I heard on the radio earlier There was um, a truck An articulated lorry overturned It, it was uh, full of Vicks vapour rub uh, Thankfully there was no congestion For up to 8 hours
0: <laughs> You see I do love those jokes This, <laughs> this, shit, this isn't, this they're isn't really No shit. they're not, this isn't fake laughter I love these pun, yeah. punny jokes yeah, well, well, Absolutely I, brilliant I
7: bought, I bought myself some Viagra as well last week And Go I on. thought it might make me Turn it into James Bond but it didn't It just made me Roger Moore <laughs>
0: enough (laughs) this is a family show
7: yeah yeah anyway yeah so all these doctors well i've i've phoned in i i I don't know whether or not um yeah this is all kind of you you never know richie because you can't trust anything can you you just don't know if there's yet another agenda behind an agenda behind an agenda yeah i i I don't know all i can do like we all can do is just try and get on with it uh, what else can you do? Uh, I, I take note that things are coming out and people are starting to realise, I'm sure. Um, I, I, I spoke to a fella that I haven't seen for a year. I was, I've was i got a little uh, industrial unit. I was working there the other day and I saw a fella I hadn't seen for a year. And he was telling me that he's not been around for a year because he, he had uh, two AstraZeneca's uh, and he, on the second one, he blew up like the Michelin man. Good God. And, yeah, and uh, he's not been able to work for a year. Uh, he said he knows another person uh, who has had similar and he still can't work. Uh, and, and he's on steroids and all sorts of things now just to try and keep him moving. I mean, it's just mad. Hey Cliff, but, the,
0: the gentleman who told you that he hasn't worked for the past year, did has he lodged this with the yellow card reporting system?
7: I did ask him that and he said he had good man so uh, so people are knowing and people that he knows who he works for uh they now know even if they've had the jab and they didn't get affected by it they now know there are adverse if- events going on people getting ill but you know i i, I don't know I, I i don't know if if there's enough people realizing it because we don't know do we we're all isolated no. we don't know we we only know what we kind of see and what in our kind of you know in our own it, bubbles like but you did say, it, you, worst, you yeah.
0: did say something very interesting um a moment ago, i think you you're you're right too you said it's hard to know what to believe and what not to believe so that's a good caveat for what i'm going to say and that is there have been several articles in the press in the last 2 months the times and the telegraph for sure claiming that there, that there the 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 booster rollout for, for, for this winter for the over 65s hasn't gone as well as they had hoped. That a lot of seniors have said, no thanks, we, we won't be having a booster. And if that's true, that's wonderful news, if that's true, if a lot of seniors are. Because it's like we we we, we heard at the very top of the programme, you know, speaking with Jane. Seniors are not stupid, you know, they're far from stupid. And I think it will be filtering through to some... um pensioners to some seniors, yeah yeah, um, some of our pals are not around anymore and uh, you know, some of them uh, died pretty suddenly and, and maybe the jabs do have something to do with it so again, you don't know what to believe but I hope that's true.
7: Yeah, me too I, I, I was going to say in, which is in part why I found in to, to say that I, like you, I'm sure and lots of listeners, I've not complied with a thing, I just haven't, I just won't Ever, and um, but I I don't think that not complying is going to stop it because I think it's just going to keep rolling. So what what uh, what
0: can we do in in if civil disobedience doesn't work? What's the next step?
7: Yeah, so, so I mean, Mark, the only one that I see or hear trying to come up with solutions is Mark Windows, uh, and Mark Mark is, is saying to go at the local level because we know that this agenda is global to local. Yeah. So he he was saying in terms of how to uh, stop the uh, you know the 15 20 minute zones that are coming in in various places yeah. that you know go to the council and that strategy is on his Odyssey channel I think it is and uh basically questioning them which they have a legal right to do. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone's done that yet. It hasn't happened in my area yet. Uh when it does, I'll be going to try it out. I will go to the council and uh I will try and put pressure.
0: But And when you do, Cliff, come back on and come back on and tell us how you get on.
7: Yeah, sure, we'll do. Mark yeah,
0: I'll, Mark I'll, is I'll at Windowsontheworld.net. Windowsontheworld.net. He's a, a properly good egg, is Mark Windows. He's he a really good lad and he's a genius when it comes to researching this stuff. He really is. He's brilliant at yeah. it. I, I'm, I've got about 90 seconds left, Cliff, before I get out so that this can go on a two-hour uh, loop. So I'll give yeah. you the final word. And just once again, mate, um, thanks to you and Sue for supporting the independent media and to everybody else who does because without you and everybody else who does, we, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We wouldn't be doing this show. So you're an absolute angel, pal. You well, and, and well, Sue thank, and everybody. Thank
7: you very much. I, I, I appreciate you saying that, but I'm not... I. I want to thank you and what you do I don't know how you do it Richie and and, and uh, happy Christmas and all the best to both you and, and the missus you're better
0: off. And you and so. Sue mate and speak soon Cliff, God bless yeah, we'll and thanks help. for everything. Thank all you best, Cliff See ya. that's Bye. the brilliant Cliff Moore, an, an absolute gentleman he really is in, in every sense of the word listen I'm just about to get out of here there are too many people to thank it's been a mad year with the break in transmission when I blew up the studio and rebuilt it and all of that, kind of lost my head a bit really um but I but, but I'm back and I've been back since mid October and I've enjoyed the show too many people to thank Eamon at next365.com amazing mark Byerski of course paul and hayden uh jean anne patricia I I could be I, I'm not going to keep doing it because I'm going to leave somebody out to everybody who's ever given any support not just to this program but to the likes of mark windows and others um you you'll you'll have my eternal gratitude for doing it just thank you just thank you for doing that because um, there's no indie media without you, there is none. So thank you. I want to wish you and yours a, a merry Christmas and and a happy new year. Have um, a fantastic time of it. Look after yourselves and one another. Um, I love you, and I'll be back on I think Tuesday the third of January. It'll be it'll, it'll be around that time. But look, I will be with you on Christmas morning for Christmas morning melodies at ten o'clock. That's a live program. I will be live and for those in strange time zones afterwards it'll play for a few plays on Christmas day um yeah it's it's great to chat with you every day it really is we've we've just gone over 8 years for this program I never thought it'd be around for 3 to be honest let alone 8 I'm looking forward to doing it again for you in the new year Monday to Thursday uh, and Sundays it'll be onwards in the new year with this programme. It ain't going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And I know you're not going anywhere either. So I'll repeat myself again by saying Merry Christmas, Happy New Year and um, we'll take the fight to them again in 2023. Okay, that's if I don't see you on on Sunday. But I hope I do. I really hope I do. And to my missus, thank you. There was Christmas Eve, baby. Drunk time.